Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Let's go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. And we have a special announcement for this this episode. The Sports Scramble Podcast is now brought to you by Old City Sports Network. We just recently signed with them this past weekend. So uh, we're looking forward to collaborating with the all the shows on Old City Sports Network and uh, bringing you all more great content. So uh, with that, how's, there, how's the uh, the co-host doing this week? I just Y'all just left me in Houston this morning. Yeah, doing pretty good. Just got home uh, about an hour ago. We're sad to be apart again, but it was a fun weekend uh, with you guys. The golf was uh, it was marginal, but we had a fun time out there. Yeah, and uh, the Astros game was super fun as well. A lot of offense in that one. So great weekend uh, with the guys. Yeah, I agree. I, it was a great week. I enjoyed spending a lot of time with you guys. We don't get to do it as much as uh, we should, but. Uh... Kind of uh, geography takes over and uh, our work takes over. So, but no, it was good to get with you guys. Yeah, it was weird not seeing the three of you through a little screen every Sunday night, since that's pretty much all we see of each other. Uh, but no, for those who who uh, don't know or maybe don't follow us on Twitter, you should follow us on Twitter because we were posting some great content um, at Sports Scramble Four. But uh, we had the famed the whack this weekend with the guys came in. Uh, Came into town for our for our golf little alternate shot match play. We won't give too much away. Uh, we will say we had a little bit of technical difficulty with the camera, so we probably won't put a full video together, but we'll get a montage put together or something. Tyler's going to work on that for us. Uh, but like like Wade mentioned, we caught the Astros game Friday night. We're still working on the press passes from the Astros. I'm still waiting on them to get back to me. You know, my guy's got to call their guy and so on. we got to work through this. Um, but we saw a, a whopping 
11 to 1. I was calling home runs left and right. It was great. It was like a thousand degrees in that stadium. So, what was that y'all's first time in a uh, Minute Maid Park? Yeah, that was actually like my second major league ballpark. Uh, my only other one was Truist Park. So it was it was definitely a really cool ballpark. You know, I the only thing I wanted to see was a home run and hear the train go by, and that's all I did. So you got to see that a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw that what like five times that night. So it was five hard. times. Yeah. It only took it only took the second inning to see that. Yeah, the Strohs came out swinging hot on the Mariners. Uh, Tyler had their the Mariners pitcher on his fantasy team, and I think he lost him some points there this week, huh, Hey, Tyler? it was a fair trade, huh, Tyler? Yeah, he, he got me negative nine, but I still put up like 300 points and like beating my opponent 200 by 200 points, so it's all right. <laughs> there you go, there you go. It was for the experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had... We had a great experience, uh, spent too much money on food and drinks, but you know, that's what you get when you go to a major league stadium. So it's not like Lyndon told us where it used to be $6 to sit behind home plate. Uh, we paid a lot more than $6, but we still had a great time. And <laughs> maybe, maybe next time we'll be sitting at the press box. We if, needed uh, to sit in the, the Crawford boxes to, uh, to catch some of those home run balls. I mean, they were hitting them right at the train the whole night. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, old Yordy, I looked at Wade and I said, Hey, this this at bat he hits a home run, and I think it was even this pitch. And Wade said, "Yeah, he hits it within three pitches." Boom, gone. And I was like, "Hey, we're, we're, we should hey, be putting money on this on this stuff. We're just calling it left and right." The odds of a guy with thirty home runs doing that is a little better than you'd think, <laughs> but uh, still, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, we called we called it on the pitch. Out of all five of those home runs last night, not a single one went to right field. Yeah. You're right. Your yeah, dogs was like barely. It was like center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had an absolute nuke. Uh, we were sitting down the third base line, and I don't think Yordy was hitting us a foul ball over there. So <laughs> <He's> <laughs> we not get much lucky. of a pull hitter. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see a single foul ball come down the third base line. Everything went down the first base line. Really. You know, if we would have sat in the tickets I proposed and the nosebleeds, we would have caught a lot of foul balls. We would have okay. been sitting in the sun <laughs> in the indoors. I also would have needed being in the sun out of like all the other sections that were in the I also would have needed my sunglasses at eight o'clock at night. Yeah, but it, you would have caught a tan. It would have been fine. Where else can you catch a tan at the night at nighttime? Only in Houston, Texas. I don't know. It felt like a sauna in there, so it felt the same. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely, uh, like Fletch said, it's the only place you could probably drink a beer and eat a burger and still lose weight because it was so hot. I don't know what was going on, but you know, and it was it was hot when we played uh, golf the next day. It wasn't too bad. We had a little bit of an overcast. Um, the game started off a little uneasy for all of us. I don't think a single one of us hit in the fairway off the first tee shot. <laughs> but I think we settled down after that. Maybe the camera got to us, but it, once we put that video together, you'll see it was a game of, uh, you know, of emotion, putter throws, fist bumps. You don't see the tying putt or the, the putt to continue the match because Wade got too excited and moved the shot the camera up into the sky. But it was, he, was over, he was overcome with, yeah, overcome with emotion there. So but I guess we won't say what the score was. But we will, a little spoiler. Tyler and Fudge did beat us. Uh, we kept it close for a little while, and then I think Fudge's, uh, you know, pro golf experience maybe ran away with it when Tyler drained some clutch putts. And uh, me and Wade started playing catch up, and we were <laughs> we were playing for the content at that point. Yes. 
you know, and I, I will, I think I'll, I'll bring it all back to me getting that wrong yardage on like the 12th hole. I shot 156 with the rangefinder, and it was actually like 106. And uh, my ball ended up about 40 yards past the hole in the woods. So I think that's where it all fell apart for us, Wade. Well, it probably fell apart, fell apart a little bit before then, but um, Tyler can edit that and, you know, take the shot tracker, shot tracer, and put it right on the green for you, you know. This is a production, not a live stream. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll put together a blooper reel of our golf. It'll be a disclaimer: we are not professional golfers, nor do we think that we're professional golfers. This is for our audience's entertainment. So, but, but nevertheless, it's always fun playing golf with you guys. We had a we had a great time. Memories were 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 uh, created, and laughs were held. So, and of course, you know the match. Ended, or I'm sorry, the whack ended before the 18th hole. So we cut the cameras off and just played kind of uh, our own ball after that. And uh, Mr. Futch chips in from off the green. So as soon as I said, hey, we're playing these last three holes for score, lose, losers by the winter beer, what does he do? He chips in for a birdie. So, I mean, it, it, he, he just he didn't want to make us feel bad on the cameras. So Yeah, but, I, 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 had to, I had to do something eventually. I said it took – 16 holes to get to where it was and i was like you know what nothing's really happened and finally soon as soon as we turned the cameras off something something happened i think it was that par three we all we turned the cameras off all four of us hit the green it was like the best shots we had taken all day so we'll have to save that for next time we'll get we'll hire a camera crew to just follow us around we the need, whole time. like the squirrels to be filming it or something because i didn't feel any pressure like overly i mean i wanted to make good shots and all but at the end of the day we're just out there with friends playing some golf but man as soon as the match was officially over and we were just hitting our balls it was like a whole different game of golf for me yeah. and, and for everyone really so yeah. like, i don't know i don't like know the stress of like having to like get the camera a lot yeah, it might have impacted our, our flow, having to get the camera and film and everything. We'll, we'll chalk it up to that. that. That sounds like a good excuse. Everybody's going to wear a body cam next time. Well, <laughs> I mean, all in all, like I know that we're saying like our golf game was bad, but I'm, I'm going to focus towards me. I was kind of proud of myself, you know, seeing how my game was consistently throughout all 18 holes. The, the backyard practice of a month it seemed to be paying off, and I guess I'll continue it. Uh yeah, I was just uh, really proud of myself how I played. Yeah, no, your wedge game was stellar. Uh, you you hit some. You had that one bunker shot right onto the green, put y'all up to I think win that hole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't say our golf game was bad. I think uh, we were expecting a little I more for the cameras. Was, <laughs> was, was what it came out to. I don't think we played as bad as we did. We just didn't play it to the expectation that we saw ourselves playing but that's yeah. the game of golf that's what that's what makes the professionals earn so much money and for us to have to pay to pay for green it's fees on the weekends again, so i mean you can't really put much to it we wanted exactly. like production quality golf you know we wanted every shot tracer well, to be i'll edit out all the bad shots and <laughs> there we go <laughs> well i don't think i gave you many to work with it wouldn't be a very long video <laughs> well that's well we don't i think i'm gonna shoot for like a 20 minute video i made sure that the grass was mown very low <laughs> that, hey you were trying to help the golf course out that's all that matters um i mean and to be and the trees too <laughs> <laughs> uh, to kind of your point wade you know you did have a 16 count rack of ribs before we went onto the course and fletch ate a half pound burger. So 
I might have, you know, had to wait a little misproportion. Right, we'll go to Smoothie before. King and Lululemon before, like before the game next time. Before I go golfing because I feel like that chicken sandwich I ate before gave me some superpowers. Yeah, there you go. See, that's me and Tyler had the grilled chicken sandwich, just straight protein, mm-hmm. and to give us that strength. But, uh, you know, we, we had a great time. Nonetheless, it's a buddy strip. Next time, we'll uh, we'll switch up the teams. It'll be me and Fudge first, you two, and we'll go from there and, and see how the whack comes out. <laughs> no. It was pretty funny. Like, we're, we're at lunch, and Wade and I are standing in line. And I said, Wade's like, I don't know what I'm going to get. And I'm like, it's like, I don't know. It was like, there's a lot of good stuff on there. He's like, well, he's like, I think I'm going to get the patty milk. And then we go and sit down and they bring them these full rack of ribs. And I'm like, that's not a patty yeah. melt. I didn't change the part. Well, he did get the patty melt at Whataburger. Like, yeah. Like, I, mean, I guess he was thinking about. That is what went through my mind. I was like, I can get a patty melt later at Whataburger or in Baton Rouge at Whataburger. This rack of ribs is like. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you sat down with a rack of ribs, a side of mac and cheese, a side of green beans, and like a big old glass of Coke, and you just threw that sucker down. I didn't. You know food was not the the problem. <laughs> I uh, was swinging too fast and wasn't keeping my head down. And then as soon as we took the camera away, I was hitting it 250 yards. And hey, you did have that 300 yard drive on camera, so there, right, there, there, there's your there, claim to fame. Get that one on there. Yep, hey, but you know what the most impressive part was, Wade, about that whole that whole uh, lunch ordeal was the fact that you didn't get one stain on you from. I will say, yeah, blood barbecue now. stain. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to have barbecue sauce all down yeah, your shirt. I had, to look, I had to look good for the camera, man. What'd y'all think of the new sport we found out that night at the uh, sports bar, the the footballing or whatever it was called? I think it went good until Jacob decided to throw the football over the fence, and I think that the the hype of foaling uh, went out the door. Yeah, for those that don't know, foaling, uh, you take you know uh, bowling pins and you set them up, and you're about probably 15 yards away, and you got to throw a football instead of a bowling ball. So it adds a little interesting element to it. Um, I saw y'all warming up, and then I saw the first pitch, Wade, threw it as hard as he could right into the wooden wall, didn't even hit a pin. And then I think he got to hang it from there that it's better to lob it up on there. So, but yeah, that ended uh, when I saw it bounce over the fence. Yeah, I will say the pins sit on a platform, like a almost like a flat cornhole platform. Yeah. So I may or may not have like threw the football and it hit the front lip of that platform and just took a 16 foot skip over the wall <laughs> and then I had to walk around the entire building in order to go back and get it so tyler could just you know catch it, it, it wasn't a walk around the building it was a full sprint because yeah, you were worried somebody was gonna steal it hey my id was on the line you <laughs> yeah. have to give a driver's license to get the football at the bar <laughs> Yeah, so Fletch came back and he sat down next to me and he was huffing and puffing. I was like, what'd you do? Just go jog a mile? He's like, yeah, I sprinted over there to make sure nobody stole the football. But it all worked out perfectly. So I guess, you know, we had a great weekend and we had some wonderful donuts this morning to cap it off from uh, Voodoo Donuts over here in Houston. Oreo donuts, uh, strawberry swirl and blueberry cake, that all the works, so... We had a, uh, I had a wonderful time with y'all in town, so we'll have to do it again soon. Maybe we'll maybe we'll head up to Baton Rouge, or maybe we'll get like the L Club to let us play, or the Country Club of Baton Rouge. Uh, we'll get on there for the for the whack. 
Yeah, we're not gonna. We got to get our game going. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all all in good time. So let's jump into some sports talk this week. Um, we had Mr. Tony Finau go back to back in the PGA Tour. Won the Rocket Open, or the, I'm sorry, the 3M Open last week and the Rocket Open this week. He was cool as a cucumber the whole stretch. And if you want to stay cool as a cucumber, you need to go to bodycheckwellness.com uh, and use promo code OCS for 25% off all your CBD needs. You know, CBD, Mr. Tony Finau might have been taking some CBD gummies to stay calm on that punt service. So if you want to be calm like Tony, check out bodycheckwellness.com. Use code OCS for 25% off. That's what comes when you sign with the network. We get some we get some sponsorships for the for the fans. So we have a few coming on later in the show and y'all can uh y'all get some good discounts. But Fudge, what do you think? Tony's been kind of up and down the past few years. He's had a lot of second place finishes. Uh, I think he won previous this year, but then he goes back to back. Is that a good sign heading into the playoffs? Um, yeah, I think so. I think the biggest thing with Tony Finau is his putting. Um, I think that's kind of what's led him these last two. Um, he's always going to hit fairways. I mean, he's a fairway finder. He doesn't crush the ball. I mean, he's not a Bryson and, and you know, or a Brooks Kepka and can, you know, hit it, you know, 330 plus every time. But he's he's pulling, like, the, the all-around game together. So I think that um, if he can stay hot on the greens like he has, um, I think that he'll make a good push for the playoffs. But I think the big thing with Tony is, is I was watching, he's he was making 15, 20-footers like nothing. Um, and it, it was, it's not a hard tournament. It's challenging cause there's a lot of water. Um, but for those guys, that's nothing at, at that stage of the game. But I, I just, I think Detroit's probably the easiest tournament on tour. Um, you also don't tournament. have a lot of the top guys playing in it. They're, you know, taking a break getting ready for the playoffs too. Right. I mean, there were a lot of rookies that were in the top 20, um, that are just trying to get their their FedEx Cup rankings up, and, and I don't blame them. But uh, it does wear on you week to week, especially coming back for a lot of these guys, um, just coming back from the Open Championship. So, I mean, they're just trying to get back into the swing of things, and I think uh, there's going to be more of good golf to come from Tony Finau in the future. I know that he's not the youngest guy on tour, nor the oldest. He's kind of middle of the road. So he'll be around for a little while longer, and I expect him to get plenty more PGA Tour wins next season uh, when we restart. Yeah, and that's what, you know, it, it was good to see him win because he's just a, a, a good all-around guy. Uh, his his post-press conference, he talked about how he did it for his family and he wanted to show his, his son, you know, the ups and downs of losing. He's seen his father lose a lot, and now he's seen his father win the past two weeks. He got a little emotional during, during it, so, you know, it just pulls on your heartstrings to see a professional athlete get out there and, Lay it all on the line and let the emotions go from them. Um, another golf tournament happened this weekend that wasn't really full of many emotions. Maybe some because I know some guys got a big payday. Uh, the Live Golf Tour, which is Tyler's favorite golf event. He loves talking about Live Golf. Um, it was won by Mr. Henrik Stinson, who just joined Live last week. So he came onto the scene, and I think he shot like a nine under to, to win by three strokes. So not much going. We don't watch it that much. Like Tyler said uh, earlier, it, it looks like a Fortnite scoreboard on the left side. It's only streamed on YouTube. 
I haven't really sat out and watched any of it because it just doesn't have the big names like the PJ Tour. But I did see a TikTok video of uh, somebody at the Live Tour, and they had like putting contests, long drive contests, like all these like cool little things for the fans. So they're trying to bring some fun into golf. And the guy said they got to literally sit on the tee boxes because you know there's not that many fans there. Um, and they were just talking to the tour players. So that's kind of cool. We sit and talk to DJ and Phil Mickelson and stuff like that. Um, but I know, I know Tyler, you're just fired up to talk about it. What, what, what do you think? Uh, how'd you feel about the live tour this weekend? Oh, I, I like you, I didn't watch it, but I, I do like how they're like trying to do more stuff with the fans. I think, I mean, like the majority of people think that golf is like the most boring sport ever. Uh, so the way that, Live golf is doing you know, like putting contests or long drive contests. I think that PGA Tour should do something else. I don't think that they get fans uh, involved enough. Uh, so uh, maybe, uh, I mean, like you said, I'm not really a big fan of the live. Uh, maybe I can tune in maybe one weekend and I can turn myself around. We'll have to yeah, maybe it. they'll win you over. Who knows? Maybe they can win me over. Uh, but uh, yeah, I might tune into the next one to see if I can get into it. I thought it was pretty cool. I saw they had the pro am. Um, and they had, I don't know if y'all have seen the TikTok videos of the guys on the tee box. They call it like the back off challenge where they just talk trash to the people before they, before they hit their tee shot. And they actually had them there at the pro-am talking trash on like the 18th hole to ever, like the guy was talking trash to former president Donald Trump, which the, the balls on that guy to, to say what he said to him. I was like, okay, I think I would have just let him slide, but they had Donald Trump, um, Caitlyn Jenner was up there. Uh, Donald Trump's son, I think Tony Romo was there. Uh, there was there was a lot of uh, professional athletes out there, and it was it was hilarious to, to see them just just trash talk these uh, these athletes and celebrities. Um, so I think that was kind of cool to see from Liv to allow them on there because I know that would not happen in the PGA Tour. They, uh, they I doubt they would have them out there on the tee box, but. You know, you make a lot, a lot of money on the Live Tour. You know where else you make a lot of money would be the NIL deals. So I want to ask you all a question. If you had a chance to sign any NIL deal as a college athlete, who would you sign with and why? Tyler, take us away. I think this is a pretty easy one for me. Since this is a sports show, I feel like I have to keep it on that. I'm going to go with Academy. I feel like if I get an ideal of like Academy's always been my store. I mean, I, I shop at Dick's Sporting Goods, but I feel like Academy has more variety of a selection. So I feel like if I had an NIL deal, I would just be set. I would have golf clubs. I would have, you know, you know, like Nike shorts, you know, all the shoes you can think of. I mean, it's just you can get anything and you'll be set for life. Yeah, Academy's kind of the all-around outdoor store. You got your hunt stuff, yeah. fishing stuff, your athletic stuff. I mean, it's crazy. You got weightlifting stuff. Yeah, I mean, that would yeah. I mean, shoot, you got the whole shebang. So anything you need right there. I didn't even think of Academy. That's, a, that's an interesting one there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Futch? What do you got? Well, you know, you guys listen to the show here, and all our listeners know that I'm kind of a foodie, so – uh, I was sitting here, you know, eating grapes and, and blueberries at eight o'clock at night while we we're recording with none other than a Home Depot thing. So, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of a food person. So I would say uh, my number one food joints, Chick-fil-A. So I would have to do Chick-fil-A. Um, you got to hook me up with like even on Sundays. I mean, he, like, that that's a hard bargain there, Fudge. You know that it's the Lord's chicken. They don't work on Sundays. Here's the deal. If I'm playing in a golf tournament and final round is on Sunday, 
I want Chick-fil-A if I win that tournament. You know? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. you don't think Tiger Woods has never had a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A on a Sunday? He probably has. Yeah, They've probably bent the rules in Augusta. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's Tiger Woods. If he shows up to Chick-fil-A on a Sunday, you better call that manager and have him there to open it. <laughs> uh, but I like that. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your combo from Chick-fil-A? What are you getting? Um, I'll either go with just the classic, the num- classic number one chicken sandwich, or I'll leave. I'll mix it up and do the the deluxe. Uh, Ooh, so he's the deluxe guy. I got some cheese, some bacon, lettuce. Okay. All right, wait. What, what's your nil deal? You know, Chick Fil A is great and all, but gotta represent. And I would want a Sonic, Sonic deal. Um, not only a little bias Sonic, there, a yep. little bias there. Sonic delivered <laughs> operations deal. Um, <laughs> they made a run at some NIL deals, but corporate Sonic wasn't ready to hop onto the the NIL train yet. So I would want to be the first one that they do hop on the train for, and um, get an unlimited amount of Junior uh, chili Frito wraps. Those are my my jam. They're one dollar. Um, so yeah, I would just make it a thing. Got the nickname for it, Freddie. You know what? So uh, <laughs> let's just go for it. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a big fan of their Red Bull slushes they released this summer. They're uh, they're very good. They give you a little bit of the energy boost too. too, especially the Eminem one. Yeah, you're talking to the uh, crew of secret shoppers last year that. Uh, that Wade's fiance had because we, we were undercover Sonic operations. So we, we were frequent visitors to the Sonics in Baton Rouge, ma- making notes of all the things they did wrong and how they could improve. So uh, I think I probably gained like 15 pounds during that whole process. We were eating Sonic every night. You're telling me I ate it one time for 10 days in a row because my debit card got hacked and it was my turn to secret shop because all of you moved away. So. <laughs> so you decided to take that gift card and roll with it. That's right. I had no yeah. choice. I think <laughs> one thing with Sonic though, like there's one thing I like people can't turn down and that's like fifty cent corn dog day. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. That's one thing where it's like I'll be at Sonic maybe three times during the day. If I was sponsored by them, it would be twenty seven cent corn dogs in honor of me and my number. And it would just be an elite deal. You so get, you get twenty seven corn dogs for twenty seven cents. Hey, maybe we can reach out to, to oh, no, no, no. 27 corn dogs for 20. So Lyndon would be all over that deal. Shout out Lyndon. He would always come home with like $20 worth of 50 cent corn dogs. So you could do the math of how many corn dogs that is. Or Wendy's. He would save them. 16. Yeah, he, or he hit up the Wendy's. Instead of a four for four, he'd get a 16 for 16. The biggie yeah. bag. There you go. Matt and Lyndon were going to the Sonic uh, and Joey. We're going to the Sonic 50 cent corn dogs well before... Sonic was ever an inkling in my my life, so uh, it's a a fun time from LSU for sure. Hey, well, we've got a we've got an inside woman at Sonic, so maybe we can get a, a brand deal for the podcast. We we'll, did we'll for have our, to see. Uh, our softball team. We were ahead of the NL, uh, NIL curve. <laughs> and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because Sonic did sponsor us, and they hooked us up with some custom jerseys. If you want a custom jersey for your softball team or any of your intramural teams, you got to go over to logaroo.com that's l-o-o-g-a-r-o-o.com uh it was created by former american hockey league player colin colin mulvey uh he makes an amazing product and you can get any style jersey you want for any sports team um go over to logaroo.com get a quote from colin colin 
and tell them Chet from Sports Scramble sent you, and he'll hook you up with a good deal. So, you know, we're with this network now. We got all these sponsorships we got to drop. And so whenever I hear a good segue, I just drop it in. So Wade brought up the intramural jerseys from Sonic. I figured it was a perfect time to throw it in there. Uh, but back to our segment, I think my NIL deal, I said it before the show, Wade made fun of me. It would have to be Lululemon. I mean, I rock Lululemon all the time, and if they could help me out and not break the bank and just send me free stuff, I'd totally do it. I thought about, like, Titleist or TaylorMade, but really all you would get is, like, golf clubs, golf balls, which would come in handy, the golf balls for sure. Um, but then it's just, like, polos and shorts. So Lululemon, very versatile. You got your gym wear. You got your business casual. Your uh, They got some button-up polo shirts now. So I think, uh, I think I'd rock the Lululemon brand deal. Uh, and And – you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some athletes, uh, maybe some of the tennis stars or the golf athletes get a little limit deal. We'll have to see what they come up with. Uh, but, you know, someone that also signed another big deal would be Mr. Kyler Murray. Uh, got a big contract extension, but the Cardinals slipped a little uh, clause in there that he wasn't too fond of. Uh, it was for him to have to study four hours of film every day independently. And he took a lot of offense to that. And so the Cardinals removed that and said that it was an error on their part. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about your boy Kyler? Is he skipping film study like Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> I don't. I think that was just a stupid thing to put in a contract. I don't. Th- I think that Kyler's putting in the work. I mean, he he's an, an all time athlete. I mean, back in Oklahoma, he was a baseball player and a football player, and he passed up on millions and millions of dollars to go play for the athletics, to go play for the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't think there's any question uh, that Kyler's put in the work on and off the field. You know, he's the only – I watched a press conference with him today, and he was bragging on himself, which I think he rightfully can. He's the only player to get drafted number one overall and then number nine overall in the MLB draft, which I guess you could say like top ten, but – uh, yeah, be drafted in both both leagues like that. Um, and then he went like 46-0 and 0 in high school in Texas, um, won a Heisman at Oklahoma. Like the man puts in the work. He's already, uh, you know, at a disadvantage with his height. It's not like he's some six foot seven, 230-pound quarterback. I mean, he's what, like 5'10", running around. I mean, he, he's just – he's got all that speed. But he's got to study these defenses to know what to do. I mean, Wade, have, have, what you have any thoughts on this, on this little rule they tried to slip in? Uh, I think that kind of thing should be handled internally. Like it kind of should be a unspoken thing that if you're the leader of an NFL franchise, especially one that is getting paid that amount of money, that there's expectations that come with it and that, yeah, you probably do need to put in that work and study film that long. And maybe he hadn't been doing it to that level in the past, but I think that that's something that you can, pull them into the room, talk with the coaches, talk with the GM, handle it internally. It doesn't need to be written in the contract because, I mean, what are you going to do? Cut him if he doesn't study for four hours? I mean, there's just like, I don't know how that could be legally binding per se. All they were doing was kind of stirring the pot, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, it, like you said, it should have been handled like back room type of deal, not something that I needed to be made public. Um yeah, and I mean, you got, I mean, obviously his success in the past shows that he puts in the work. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. That I guess, you know, slow slow news week in the NFL, so it kind of jumped to the top. Um, especially with uh, training camp starting up, we had Mr. Aaron Rodgers make a comment, kind of take a shot at Devontae Adams because uh, 
uh, Devontae Adams was asked, what's it like going uh, from Aaron Rodgers to Mr. Derek Carr for the Raiders? And he said, well, it's not much of a transition. I'm going from one future Hall of Famer to another. Uh, so I don't think Aaron Rodgers liked that too much. He threw in a, uh, well, you know, it's not much of a transition for me either. I'm going from one future Hall of Famer to another. That future Hall of Famer being uh, Alan Lazard. Futch, are you drafting Alan Lazard in uh, number two fantasy football this year? No, no. I, I don't think I'm going to touch Lazard this year. Um, I generally don't mess around with the Packers players. Um, I honestly, I don't think I've ever taken a Packers player in fantasy football. So maybe this year I'll take one. I I, I don't know. It's um, They're a toss-up. Every week, I, I don't know about the Packers. It's... Something that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is there, but, hey, what else do they have? So, especially with Devontae Adams being gone now, I, I don't know if I'll ever take a, a Packers player. Well, Tyler, you mentioned today, what's the their starting running back, uh, Jones? Aaron you mentioned Jones. about maybe picking him up, and I know you have we have your fantasy football corner coming up in a few minutes. Uh, I mean, what do you think about Lazard? Do you think he's a – potential to be a future Hall of Famer? I, I personally don't think so, but Aaron Rodgers might be able to make him into one. I don't think so either, but I think in fantasy purposes, I would pro- personally grab him because, I mean, he is the wide receiver number one, and it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback still. I mean, going back to the comparison, I think uh, Devontae Adams with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not even close to being a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback, so both statements are false, but I think the most reach uh, was Aaron Rodgers' statement. Uh, I definitely think that Derek Carr is more progressive. I mean, Al Lazard uh, is still early on in his uh, season. So we'll see. Uh, the only other really wide receivers that the Packers have is rookie Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Uh, they still have uh, Randall Cobb. That's uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver right there. And then they also have Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Uh, so, yeah, I would think uh, Valdez Scantling might have a better chance, or maybe Randall Cobb have a yeah. better chance of a yeah. Hall of Fame career. I just think than... that I don't know. I, that's why I didn't really put any like six like the must draft wide receivers for fantasy. Whenever I did that two weeks ago, I, I just don't know. It's like there's just so many question marks around that Packers receiving core. You just don't know who's going to get the most targets out of them. Yeah, yeah. something like NFL football that we don't recognize that just like crossed my mind something that like when we see guys retire and go to the hall of fame per se we generally don't see their jersey number retired with an organization like if that was the case with Devonte adams i know we haven't seen him play in las vegas yet but is the future more bright for him in las vegas than it would be in Green Bay. Like, it's like when guys retire their jersey, especially in, like, baseball, it's never worn again or or hockey or whatever it may be. Is his jersey being retired in Green Bay, or do you think it could be in the future in Las Vegas? I would have to say Las Vegas. I mean, he's been in the league, what, four years, five years? It's got to be longer than that. Okay, well, I think he, I think he'll finish his career in Las Vegas, and I think just with him linking up with Derek Carr and them having that chemistry from college, 
I think he has a potential to be better in Las Vegas than he was in Green Bay. Because Green Bay, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers came to play, but it was always kind of overshadowed by the drama off the field um, with Aaron well, Rodgers and the whole uh, organization. I'd say, I'd say, but I think the person that stirred the pot the most within the organization wasn't even the people on the field. I think it was Mike McCarthy off of the field. I think that kind of mess stirred the pot, you know, for a little while and – they really didn't know what the the deal was. And I feel like McCarthy kind of held back a little bit in some instances of what they were allowing, you know, the offense to do. Now it's very different uh, with Matt LaFleur there now. It's it's very uh, loose, you can tell now, it kind of free-flowing. And, and there's more passing. I think Rodgers kind of runs that offense now. Yeah. And uh, that's how, how he wanted it with McCarthy, and he didn't get his way. And then I remember when Lafleur came in his first year, they didn't get along, and blah blah blah. Uh, but and I also think there may be a little bad blood between Rodgers and Devontae Adams because when Rodgers resigned, he thought Devontae Adams was resigning, uh, and Devontae Adams said, "Adios, I'm going to Las Vegas." So he might be a little upset with him. So this this comment might have been a shot. At his old pal, so uh, only time will tell what will happen with Devonte and in Las Vegas. What do, what do you? I know you're about to say something, Tyler, about his his career in Las Vegas. Well, how do you think that pans out? Well, this season, I think it's. I mean, like I said, he's still the best wide receiver in the league. So you can put him on like Houston, and he would still be good. I think. I mean, Las Vegas. Uh, you know, just look at the AFC West. They definitely have the weapons there. So I mean. Target share wise, it might be a drop off because you have like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro there taking it, and then you also have like Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield as well. They like to do a lot of screen plays there, and so I don't think. Uh, I mean, he yeah, he's going to have a quarterback drop off. Don't get me wrong with that. I'm going from Rodgers to Carr, but I think he's still going to be a top five receiver in the league. Yeah, I mean, these wide receivers got to talk talk up their quarterbacks, just like Tyreek Hill yeah. and Tua. Um, you know, another wide receiver that's got a new quarterback and kind of breaking news on the sports scramble, we bring you the good stuff. Debo Samuel signing that three-year extension worth $73.5 million with $58.1 million guaranteed. He wanted a trade from San Francisco, but they got the deal done. Well, how do you think uh, that it, that impacts his play going forward with, with now Trey Lance as his new quarterback? Good for Trey Lance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No yeah, better way to start off your uh, career as the, the franchise quarterback by having a franchise receiver that can kind of do it all, give you some check downs, give you a deep threat. Um, so if those two can stay healthy, I think this 49ers offense looks rejuvenated, I think would be the word I would go with. They, they're they well, young and they got speed. Uh, they're going to have some tricks up their sleeves. It's going to be a fun offense. Well, I don't know if I could call Trey Lance. See, there's a difference between a starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback in my eyes. I don't – I mean, we really haven't seen Trey Lance play. I, I can't call him a franchise quarterback. I mean, when Colt McCoy entered the league, we said he was going to be a franchise quarterback, and look what that turned out. As, and so I, hey, he's still collecting checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still – hey, he's making that money. No hate on Colt McCoy, that's for sure. Yeah, but I, I just – I think it's too early to give somebody a franchise – you know, franchise quarterback spot there. I mean, the Niners are a historic franchise with Joe Montana and everything. So I, I think that, sure, there's a huge expectation there, 
uh, in San Francisco. So I, I think he has a lot to live up to in that organization. I don't think Garoppolo was necessarily what the organization envisioned. I think they needed somebody. They went after him. Uh, he had enough experience, you know, behind center in order to fill the shoes there. And he got and plenty so- of chances to prove himself, and it just never really panned out. Right. And they did have the one season where they did make a late run in the playoffs and, you know, did come up short. But I, I think that it ultimately wasn't a successful tenure in uh, San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo. I just I don't think there was enough there. I think Trey Lance is younger. He has more time to develop. I think he's still in the developing stages, though. I, I don't think one guy can can – do that in that little bit of time, especially with not playing any experienced games, you know, on the field. I think it's going to be a fun to watch offense though, uh, given his mobility, he's kind of a dual threat quarterback. So it's going to be fun to mix it up with Debo because he's one of those Jack of all trades kind of guys, or at least he used to be. I mean, now that he's got all that money, he, he might go back to playing more free. I know he was kind of a little conservative with it. Uh, what's our fantasy experts take on this, Tyler? What do you got? Uh, what on Trey Lance? Yeah, on Debo and Trey. What? How do you think they fare this year? I think uh, the 49ers can do whatever they want. Shoot, if they even want to put like the Wildcat formation of Debo the quarterback and Trey Lance the running back, that that can even be possible. Because I mean, shoot, I think the 49ers offense. I mean, to keep Debo same, I know that he asked for a trade in the offseason. I think 49ers offense, and then you put Elijah Mitchell. If he can have the season that he did last year, then. I think the 49ers offense will be one of the top of the league. Well, with your fantasy football take, we're going to get into your fantasy football corner. And, folks, a little disclaimer, Tyler has put together the all-you-need-to-know fantasy football cheat sheet. And you it can be yours today for the low price of $19.99. No, all, all you have to do is uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star or a rating on Spotify. Um, and send us a DM on Twitter, and we'll send you over this fantasy football cheat sheet. But for this week's fantasy football corner, Tyler's got the top six running backs and potential breakout candidates. I'll let you take it away there, TT. Yep, uh, top six running backs. I think running backs, personally, along with wide receivers, are the most important in drafts. You have to go running back and receiver the first two picks, and we'll be doing that in a month. Our, uh, our draft is now set for a tentative date august 30th so uh, yeah i think i've got the okay from everyone so august 30th it is all right so uh, number one is an easy one for me jonathan taylor the colts running back he i had him on my team last year and he had mvp numbers if it wasn't for cooper cup or aaron Rodgers having a big year i think that jonathan taylor would have ran away with it but i the way that he did that with carson Wentz as his running back i think that matt ryan is only going to help him He'll be able uh, – the Colts love running back screens plays. I mean, I, I lost track of how many times I saw Jonathan Taylor. I know he busted out that against the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was like a screenplay. He busted it for like an 80-yard touchdown. Uh, that got a lot of points. So, Jonathan Taylor, if you have the number one overall pick, and if you don't take Jonathan Taylor, you're an idiot. I just I have the number one overall pick in our league. And disclaimer, folks, I will be taking Jonathan Taylor. All right. Uh, number two, I know we hate is on the that, guy. Is that is that 100%? Yes, I think 100% I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. I don't want Tyler calling me an idiot. Know. You think or you know? I know. 100% okay. locked and loaded. Jonathan Taylor. No, no, no. 
Okay, now you got me thinking, Wade. I don't know if I need to take Odell number one. It's a, kind of a tradition for me. The reason I ask Chet that is because I have the number two pick, and everything is predicated on what Chet does first. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep you on your toes, Fudge. You'll never know until draft day. That's, it. that's how I like to keep you. All right, so continuing the list, I know we hate on this guy for being injured all the time, but you still you still have to go with the the pure value and the pure talent that this guy has. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it's just a matter of time that he has a full healthy season, and when he does, he's going to be the number one running back. I mean, the, I know that Jacob hates this, but he, watch him just have a breakout year this year. Uh, especially with, if Baker Mayfield uh, is a starting quarterback, that's definitely an upgrade from Sam Darnold and all the the court, past quarterbacks that McCaffrey has had. Uh, so I think that McCaffrey, I mean, this is what you want in a fantasy running back. You want a guy who can run the ball for touchdowns, and you want a guy who can get a lot of receiving yards, especially if you're playing like in a half PPR league or a, a full PPR league. You definitely want those running backs. Uh yeah, so you definitely want those dual threat running backs. How you know, like fantasy quarterbacks, you want to go after those dual threat quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Christian McCaffrey's your guy. You just gotta, you know, go with the risk factor like uh, Saquon Barkley. You don't know if he's gonna be healthy or not going into the season. Number three is gonna be Austin Eckler. I feel like every Charger is a must grab uh, this year. I just feel like that offense is just gonna explode like they did uh, last year. And the more years that Justin Herbert has with this offense, uh, it's just going to be better for Eckler coming out of the backfield. He had so many touchdowns last year. Uh, number four, got to go with Derrick Henry. The pure volume this guy has, he at least has like 40-plus carries a game. So, I mean, you're going to get the carries. It's just he's he's kind of on and off every game. You don't know if he's going to get a touchdown every game or he can, you know, he can go from like zero touchdowns one week to like score like four touchdowns in the next week. It's just, it is inconsistent, but you still got to go with the pure volume. And uh, the Tennessee Titans lost uh, some value in the receiving core, losing A.J. Brown. So Tennessee Titans love to run the ball. Well, they're going to love to run the ball even more this year. Number five for me is going to be Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Viking running back. He's been one of the more consistent uh, running backs uh, in, in all fantasy football. Uh, Minnesota, they got really a well-balanced offense. Uh, I know we like to rag on Kirk Cousins being an average quarterback, but I feel like he's just fine for this Minnesota offense. They can score enough points to win ballgames. Number six, you circle this guy down. He's going to be the breakout running back of the year, DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. I know people are like, oh, Detroit Lions, they suck. Well, no, their offense is not that bad. Their defense is terrible. Don't draft their defense. But their offense, you got guys like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, the first six games, uh, he was a top five running back, and then he got hurt, and then he kind of fell off. So I think if you can have a full healthy season, Swift uh, is another one of those guys that can do both. So that's my top six. You know, I had Swift last year in our league, and like you said, he was doing great at the beginning of the season, and then he got hurt. Mm -hmm. But come the Thanksgiving game, he had a huge game, and he propelled me to a win that week. Yep. So I like, I like, I mean, it's Jared Goff at quarterback, so it's kind of similar Jonathan Taylor, Matt right. Ryan situation. Well, Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of handoffs. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a run first offense, is what I'm getting at. Uh, I, and 
like you said with the Colts, um, you know, I used to always draft Marlon Mack because the Colts offense is good for a running back. And now that Jonathan Taylor is like the sole guy in Indianapolis, I think he's no doubt they're going to be the number one running back in the league. I was uh, between him and Derrick Henry this year, but the only worry about Derrick Henry is coming off of injury. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's still going to be a monster, um, but now you've got uh, Marcus Mariota there. or It's still Tannehill. Yeah, I've got that mixed up. You got Tannehill there who likes to throw a little bit, but like you said, they don't have A.J. Brown. They don't have Julio Jones, so it's going to be the Derrick Henry show from now on as long as he can stay healthy. Um. I know you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, Tyler, and so Wade and I were on the way back um, to Baton Rouge today, and I saw something pretty cool with McCaffrey. So I guess the other day at uh, training camp, he has a young fan there, young kid, uh, that brought a poster, and Christian McCaffrey's favorite, he he's claimed that his favorite uh, cheat snack is Cool Ranch Doritos. Um I would say mine are probably Cheetos, but that's a side note. Um, so the Cheeto puffs or the thin Cheetos? Yeah, if you if you don't get the puffs, then no. It depends. I, I generally stay with the crunchy ones, but oh my gosh, the Cheeto the puffs, puffs, man! The Cheeto puffs that, are the way to go. Yeah, I just don't the, get enough. The gas. <laughs> they don't. The puffs don't fill you up enough. You, you need the crunch. Is that what yeah. you're telling me? Okay, understandable. Understandable. <laughs> but. Back to the Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, so I guess he signed the kid's poster or whatever, and he took the Cool Ranch Doritos. So I guess later, like 24 hours, 48 hours later, the kid ends up getting shoes uh, in the mail from Christian McCaffrey that are signed, signed cleats from Christian McCaffrey, which I thought was pretty cool and a good... In a good uh, In exchange for the Cool Ranch Doritos? What a trade by this guy. He's going to be a future businessman. That 13-year-old kid won on that deal. Yeah, no, that is... That, that's the cool feel-good story from Christian McCaffrey there. I, know, I already know what's going to happen. Either Wade or Futch is going to draft McCaffrey. They're going to have to, and he's going to get hurt halfway through the year, and Futch, it's going to be Futch. He's going to say, I'm never drafting this man again, but what's he going to do next year? He's going to draft him again. I'm not scared of McCaffrey. If he's sitting there at five, there's a very good chance I take him. Yeah, I mean, and he's he plays for your hometown Carolina Panthers, so well, uh, I he's think he's won me leagues before, and Carolina is not going to let him get hurt again they're not going to put him in that situation and make him touch the ball 40 times they brought in a solid backup in Deontay Foreman so actually I think if anything McCaffrey's not going to have the ungodly usage and stats that we're used to but I think he can put together just like a you know a top five running back total just on talent just not off of volume yeah and you got Baker Mayfield calling the shots over there so uh, it should be an interesting offense to watch I mean, he's all, Mayfield's always thrived in a, a running back-based offense. I mean, look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He he did pretty good at the Browns. It just didn't work out over there. Um, but if you want more than just top six picks, you know what to do, and we'll send you Tyler's cheat sheet to the fantasy madness this year. He'll help, guaranteed, help you win your fantasy league. If it doesn't work out, we're sorry. I take back my guarantee. But if it does work out, you know where you got it from. Old TT at Sports Scramble Podcast. So. 
since you say that, I'll just list uh, three more breakouts. I won't give an explanation. I also had Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, and Claude Edwards-Hilaire being breakouts this year. Yeah, Travis Etienne and uh, Edwards-Hilaire battling a little bit of injury last year. I think this will be the first because Etienne didn't even play last year, no. correct? Yeah, he yeah, got so, injured in the preseason. Yeah, so this will be his first. You know, he's going to be fighting uh, to get out there and, and really show what he can do. So it should be interesting to see. Um, and so we're going to continue on with our other uh, famed segment, the quote of the week. And, uh, you know, got to drop that sponsor link here. This one's brought to you by Norse Beards. If you want some beard oil to get your beards looking right, like myself and Tyler's little goatee he's got over there rocking and Mr. Futz with the whack. Uh, he shaved it for the <laughs> whack, but Tyler's going to give himself some some beard oil and get that thing growing again. But if you, if you want to get your beard looking right, head on over to Norse, N-O-R-S-E, beards.com and enter promo code OCS for 25% off your beardsman needs. And, and uh, we'll, we'll have to get some of that on the show and we'll give you a review. I've always liked to get my beard looking nice and full. Um, but so for the quote of the week, we've got J- Mr. JJ Watt for the Arizona Cardinals. He, he's not too, too fond of these guardian caps that they have to wear now. He said he feels like a bobblehead on the field and that he's going to tip over at any moment. And for those of you that don't know what a guardian cap is, it's basically like a mushroom head that you put on your helmet that the NFL has come up with to protect the uh, offense and defensive linemen and like tight ends and middle linebackers have to wear these uh, up until the second week of preseason. And uh, to JJ's point, he said it doesn't make much sense. You have to wear them in practice, but you don't have to wear them in the games. And you're going to get hit harder in the games than you are in practice. So it really is like a why do they have to wear these? I guess they're trying to prevent concussions and things like that, which are good. But, I mean, I know, Wade, you mentioned that you've seen college uh, teams implementing this so far. Yeah, college teams have been doing it on a, you know, individual team basis for a few years. I've actually seen a lot of skill players wear them, like running backs, because they're constantly – going right into the line, uh, but off at, offensive linemen, you know, it makes sense. They're getting hit on every single play. Um, I guess it's just designed to reduce the wear and tear um, during practice, like just an extra layer of padding. But um, it makes you think that if they're aware of that issue, then why why stop there? Why not in the games, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe getting hit harder in the game implement this into the helmet itself, you know, to where you don't have some big thing over the top of your helmet. That, I don't know. It's it's weird that they, they tell me, okay, you only wear it up to the first two weeks of preseason and then it's done. Like you don't have to wear it during the week, during practice, like during the regular season. I don't know, but it's the NFL. They come up with wacky rules all the time. So it's uh, it's something to watch, uh, see uh, the adjustment the players make for it. Um, hey, hey I've, got a little, I've got a little second – quote of the of the the week for you so i guess this was a little while back a little few hours ago earlier on today um but they had aaron donald they asked a question aaron donald of course they just won the super bowl this last year and uh they had him on the record saying as long as he's here he's uh stating sean mcveigh is the head coach uh and i've got the ability to still play at a high level i'm going to be here when he's gone, uh, and it's all said and done, uh, I'll probably be when I'm hanging it up too. So he's in it for the long haul with Sean McVay. Um, so I think that uh, he's invested, I guess, in, in that coaching that uh, McVay's brought to them. 
you know, I saw that before we recorded. Um, I guess, you know, McDonald or yeah, Aaron Donald and Sean McVay are around the same age, so they're probably boys. Uh, and he, he likes go playing for his friend, but they're winning games. And if, if uh, Donald's happy with what McVay's doing, I mean, that's that's a good step in the right direction for the Rams to repeat this year. What do you, how long do you think he stays, or how long do you think he continues at this level, Tyler? I think uh, he's not even, I know, like, he's, I think he's still in his prime years, to be honest with you. I mean, just like, he's just a dog on the field. I mean, Sean McVay, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's just an offensive genius. And the way that the Rams kind of rebuild, you know, the St. Louis move to Los Angeles, not really, really people really like that move, but, uh, I mean, just like the dynasty that they're creating. I mean, they're they're just like reloaded going into this year. I mean, their offense and defense is just loaded on both sides. Yeah, so I, I think that's that's definitely good news to hear. Uh, if you're a Rams fan, you'll have Aaron Donald around for the long haul. Uh, switching gears to another sport, we had some more contract news pop up. Uh, Mr. Zion Williamson, our our hometown boy for the Pelicans. Uh, he has a clause in his contract that he has to stay under 295 pounds uh, in muscle and body fat to get a, to get his guaranteed money, which shocks me, the fact that it's 295 pounds. That's a big old boy running down that court. So, I mean, I, Fletch, do you think, uh, you think Zion teeters on that number or he keeps it pretty low this season? Um, I think he has to keep it low this year. I don't think – Physically, I don't think he's going to be able to go the whole season um, at 295. I mean, that that's that's a lot of weight, um, especially for a long season like that. I mean, it, I think Zion would be – of course, he's, he's crazy athletic, um, one of the most athletic guys in the NBA when he's healthy. But at the same time, you just can't be that big. Um Guys, just you can't move that well. I'm sorry. It yeah, just his knees aren't going to last that long. Yeah, it's not physically possible. I mean, he might still be able to dunk at 295, which is really impressive. And and I don't know anybody else that would be able to dunk at 295 pounds. But it, uh, I guess it's it's encouraging to know that the Pelicans are looking after his, you know, body, his weight, and everything. I think that's the main thing with the Zion is, is durability and wear and tear. Uh, and I can't believe we're talking about that. And it's only been three years. Yeah. Uh, you, they just paid him a lot of money for a guy that's maybe played 50 games in three years. Right. So I, I think it's, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I don't think he's going to get close to that number. I don't think he's close to it right now. Um, so I, I think, if, like you posed a question the other day, we were talking, we were sitting there, and you said, you know, what if the Pelicans would have taken John Morant instead of Zion? You know, and I, I've had a couple of days to think about it. So you would have had my, your heart broken for one. Number one, yeah, my heart would have been broken. For those that don't know, I am a, a diehard Grizzlies fan, so I'm from Memphis, so kind of uh, is written in the cards for me. But um, I think what would have happened. First of all, I think I don't know if you guys end up getting CJ McCollum. I, I don't think that's possible. Um, then I mean that's you've already got a guard. I mean if if Ja was producing at the level he is now for y'all, I don't think that happens. Um, 
I think you keep around a lot of big men. I know that the Pelicans have kind of thrived on the the guard game for a long time. You know, when Chris Paul was there, it was a guard. It was a guard game. Then um, we haven't seen enough of Zion to say that hey, the Pelicans can pound you underneath the basket uh, for an entire season. But I think with Brandon Ingram being as tall and big as he is, um, I think the Pelicans could be a team to be reckoned with. I, I think whether John Morant is, uh, would have gone to the Pelicans or not, um, it might've taken a couple of years, but I think that the Pelicans have a really big upside with Zion. And I think he fits the culture. Well, I think he fits it better than what John Morant would fit in new Orleans. I, I think that it all kind of played out exactly as it should have. Um, and that's just, not be me being a Grizzlies fan. Um, but I think that uh, the right people went to the right teams in that situation. Uh, I, I couldn't see it the other way around, but uh, I, I think the Pelicans, you know, on another note is, is a good, good enough team to, to get a fifth or sixth spot and make a playoff uh, push to the second round. I think this upcoming year, if Zion stays 100% healthy, um, I think the only other person that needs to be watched as far as weight goes is Brandon Ingram. Um, because, he might need to gain a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he needs to put weight on um, because as the years go on, I know he's been in the league for a, for a little while now, but as the years go on, the less that you have there to protect yourself, the more vulnerable you are um, to injury. And we've seen that happen with a lot of people. I mean, Gordon Hayward towards ACL and he was – when he did that, you know, he was a lot thinner than he is now. Um, and we've seen that with, I mean, LeBron's even put on a, a lot of weight over, over the years and, and a lot of it's muscle, but I mean, anything would help at that stage. And not everybody's body type is exactly going to fit that norm of, Hey, I can put on all this muscle and I'll be just fine. Um, but no, I think that, uh, I think that Brandon Ingram and, and Zion are definitely, the two future stars and, and stars of today on that team. Yeah. Basketball is a sport. You got to have a little bit of meat on your bones. Um, it's, you kind of see some of these, these huge guys like Chet Holgram. It's over seven foot tall, but he's, he's a little skinny. So it'll be, we'll see how, how long he can keep up that play. Um, I want to shift gears. And I want to ask Wade this question about the MLB. Do you think the Mariners would have beat that swept the Astros this week if Luis Castillo would have been uh, traded before they played the Astros, or or what's your outcome on that? <laughs> I think they could have used a little bit of help, but unfortunately for the Mariners, uh, they make a big move to get Luis Castillo at the trade deadline, um, and then their star rookie Julio Rodriguez gets hit in the hand and is on the ten day IR. So. Uh, a little bit of a plus and then a little bit of a minus. But um, I think that was a good idea by the Mariners. And Castillo has another year of uh, team control after this, so he can help them make um, potentially two playoff pushes after being out of the playoffs for 20-plus years. So at least they made a, an effort. But um, a, a little bit of bad timing there, losing Rodriguez. Yeah, so I know we were sitting there watching the game on Friday, and – uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was their backup second baseman. Got traded mid-game while he was on the field. How do you feel about that happening to the players mid-game? Do you think they should just go out there and pull him off the field, put the next guy in, or let him, <laughs> let him finish playing? What's going on? It's dog-eat-dog. Dog. I mean, 
Uh, it's got to be pretty awkward to come off the middle of the inning and be like, hey, dude, you're no longer my teammate. You're yeah. right. I'll give you one better. Um, so Andrew Benatendi uh, got traded to the New York Yankees from the Kansas City Royals this week. But um, the Kansas City Royals were traveling to New York to play the Yankees anyways the day that the trade broke down. Um the Royals had actually already gotten to New York because they had a travel day on the day that he was traded. So he flew on the Kansas City plane to New York with his team. And then he got to take his belongings from the visitor's locker room to his new home clubhouse. Uh, I think they kind of tipped him that it was going to happen or that it could happen, that he could get traded anywhere. So he packed a little bit um, a little, a little heavier than he usually yeah, a little would. Ex- extra clothes for the, for the was, plane ride. He was still staying in the Kansas City uh, team hotel, I think, for the first two games of the series because, hey, he doesn't have something figured out in New York yet. Well, I guess that kind of works out the best way possible for him. He doesn't have to go to a completely new city. He's already there, so I guess that worked out. He did strike out on the first three pitches against his former team, though. So, yeah. Maybe it was a good trade by them. I think he was feeling it. Uh, So, yeah. I know. I saw it, Tyler. You added that Mr. Degrom is set for his season debut against the Nationals. Yep. How do you think he does? I think. Well, he did get roughed up uh, in his last AAA start up there in Syracuse. Got a little bit roughed up, but now he gets to play the Nationals, and I think that he should do fine. The Nationals' offense doesn't really have a pulse outside of Juan Soto and Josh Bell, so I think that uh, Jacob Degrom, uh, the Mets are in first place, and uh, getting Degrom back should only help them uh, going towards a playoff push and, and potentially the number one seed in the NL. And I might be totally wrong. I don't know why I think this. Who does Scherzer pitch for? The Mets. Yeah, so they have Degrom and Scherzer. Yep, there's their one that, punch, and they have Diaz a, out of the pen too. Yeah, that's a uh, pretty good pitching core right there. Yep. So maybe they're they might be primed to make a deep run come October. Way well, too. I know Wade and I talked a little bit about it um, towards the end of the day today, but uh, you know, I, I honestly think that you know, give it a year, but I think Degrom would be on the trading block for the Mets. Um, I think that honestly. Uh, the Mets could go get something for DeGrom and uh, and really become a powerhouse offense. Um, I, I think that they have the pitching that they need. There's a lot of young talent, especially in the Mets organization as far as prospects go. I know they have a few pitching prospects that are, that are surprising, um, especially from their organization. They're not really known as a pitching organization. They just happened to have land Scherzer, and DeGrom was kind of that one that came all the way through and really was a, a breakout star for them for a few years. But I think he's young enough and, and seasoned enough at the same time uh, to be moved somewhere else and still thrive with a with top organization. I don't think he's going to go to, you know, L.A. and play for the Dodgers. I don't think that that's possible, but I know – you would reference to earlier Wade, you know, talking about how, you know, the Dodgers have some good pitching talent, you know, and that they, they're young, young people that, you know, have gotten hot. Um, but does that even, you know, stay for very long, you know, and to some of these young prospects be put on the block for, for big guys like the Grom. Yeah. No, yeah uh, I think, ahead, um, 
I mean, I, I think that with them being in the playoff push this year, they're just going to have to ride it out and see if he can come through in the clutch uh, down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, going forward, I don't know if they're going to be able – I think he's a free agent next year, or maybe he has one more year. So I don't think they're going to be able to retain him and Scherzer and get the offensive help that you're referring to. So this is kind of the year for the Mets to do it. So – I don't know. They might uh, trade some of those big prospects away and get another arm um, or preferably even another outfield bat. So uh, they can make a run for it because a team like the Dodgers, you know, they already have all the talent in the world and they might add a few more pieces as well. So and then you have the Braves breathing down your neck, too. You know, another uh, big uh, pitching performance happened, uh, I think it was uh, earlier today. Mr. Reed Detmers on the Angels recorded a no-hitter and also an immaculate inning. Nine pitches, three straight, three strikes to each batter. Uh, it was the first time in over seven years that that's happened. Uh, so that's, that's got to be pretty cool to have a no-hitter and also the immaculate well, inning. Like, I think a no-hitter of the season? Uh, I believe so. I know the Angels have had a few. Well, it was that he – did it in the same season. So he had the no-hitter, and then today he oh. had – it was like the combo thing. Oh, I thought he did – he pitched a no-hitter again. I was like, oh, oh I was just, Okay, yeah, I guess I misread that tweet. Okay, that's why we have the, the four guys on the podcast. Wait, pick, pick me up where I'm lacking. Correct each other, yes. You know, we – in my opinion, we saw a no-hitter for, for Mr. Verlander up until like the sixth inning because those two hits they counted, I think those were errors. The shortstop overthrows the first baseman off the bag. And then the first baseman bobbles the ball and, and flips it to Verlander late. In my mind, those are those are errors. Those aren't hits. So I think uh, we saw a heck of a pitching performance from Justin Verlander up until about the sixth or seventh inning when he let that double off the wall go. But, I mean, he, he still it was, it was lights out. So, uh, But to, to wrap up the sports talk, we've got our famous NASCAR Neil take. I didn't even have to ask it for him this week. He knew it was right on schedule. So, coming from Mr. NASCAR Neal, we've got Tyler Reddick won today at Indianapolis Road Course. Back-to-back road course wins for him. I knew that name sounded familiar. And and the eight. Lots of wild and insane restarts. Turn one was wild with drivers trying to go three and four wide. So, I guess there was a lot of wrecks on this road course. And uh, we'll have uh, that Tyler Reddick, it, it's another win for him. So, I guess it's a good push to come to the – NASCAR playoffs. Um, we'll have deal on again once it gets closer to that postseason start. But we haven't uh, we haven't settled on our wacky sport that we're going to cover. Uh, we still we thought about it a little bit uh, this weekend. We had some badminton thrown around, cricket. Uh, I believe Tyler threw out croquet. Um, so we'll 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 still narrow that down, and we'll come to the listeners with uh, you know we'll become experts in one sport. But. Uh, I think that kind of wraps it up. I know uh, we're all exhausted from a fun weekend. Uh, so we'll end it a little earlier tonight. Um, what you got going on, Tyler? You're well, raising your hand. Just just a couple announcements uh, before we go. We are, since right, we're going to do like our own network. So come football season, we'll have two college football shows. We'll have college football coast to coast. And then we'll be doing our little rebrand from SEC Talk to Southeastern Sports Talk. And then, also, I think uh, Jacob and I will be working on the website. So whenever we'll complete that, uh, we'll send it out on our Twitter. 
Yes, we, uh, we're going to bring a website to y'all. Tyler has been putting out blog posts left and right. You can see those on his personal Twitter page. We retweet them all the time. Uh, he, he is a, a very big Saints and LSU writer. Um, and then we've got, like you mentioned, the other two shows uh, with, with – what was it? It's no longer SEC Talk. It's Southeastern – Southeastern Sports Talk. Yeah, we, we uh, live stream that on Facebook, uh, but I think we might get our hands in some software to live stream it to multiple platforms. So we'll be sending that out on the Sports Scramble Twitter account for everybody to see. And then, of course, the Coast to Coast Football Podcast hosted by our favorite Home Depot employee and Mr. Sugarcane himself, Tyler and Futch. So we'll uh, that'll be our more college football-based, and we'll still have the Sports Scramble where we'll cover them all. So you can find all of that information on our Twitter page at SportsCramble4. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. If you could uh, give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or if you're that one listener on Google Podcasts, we appreciate you too. Uh, and then if leave, feel free to leave us a review. Let us know how we can improve or any questions. We, we love getting questions from listeners uh, to give us some more topics to talk about. Uh, but I think that kind of wraps it up. So uh, we appreciate everyone listening, and we hope you have a good week. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 